Woodhouse Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is bringing you more power, capability, and savings with the full lineup of new Ram trucks during the Black Friday sales event going on all month long. Lease a 2024 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn for $429 per month. Visit our two convenient metro locations in Blair or Bellevue or online anytime. Lease for 42 months, 10,000 miles per year with approved credit. Tax title license extra. $2,500 down plus first payment and $299 doc fee to its signing. Example stock number BC230242. Offer expires 1130-2023. See dealer for details. Meet Bob. Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes. And that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on KFAB. 558 1110 is the numbers to get in and uh, get in early so we're going to answer that question get you back on the road and uh, get that car fixed get you to the parts store and uh, hopefully they have what you need in stock or have more than one you know i don't know if you're doing brakes it gets kind of tough yeah see a little snow out there this morning a few flakes so far nothing nothing that you're yeah we gotta look kind of hard to see it but uh get your studded snow tires oh right? yeah i gotta get chains out yeah yeah we're you know we're i'm sure there's a lot of people we don't switch snow tires we still switch snow tires we just don't switch as many as we used to we used to be inundated and that's all we did all it was day an long. all day process this yes. time of year i yes. mean we had cars just lined up everywhere yeah and nobody ever did it early yeah they wait. They wait till the forecast comes out, and then they uh, bring it down right in the middle of the storm. <laughs> Pretty much, and then you don't see snow for the next, uh, you know, it's for the next week or two or whatever, and blah 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 blah. blah. But you know, we just don't do that much with all the all-wheel drives we have now, and the front-wheel drives. We cars just get around a whole lot better, you know. And it got to me to thinking a little bit: how many, how many times do you have a winter beater? You know, you put that your, was a thing. It was a thing. You put your good car away because it was a rear wheel drive, and you couldn't. You know, now you had another car just sat around so you could drive it. Yeah, on on cold days or not cold days, but snowy yeah, somebody days. slides into it. It doesn't matter. No, yeah. no. Pick no. this thing up for just sixty bucks. Yeah, so it's, it's tenth year going. Yep, it yeah. owes you nothing. It owes you nothing. You know, and now. I, do a lot of people still have winter cars? I, I know they do because I, I know we fix them. I know this time of year is like, where'd this car come from? Oh, it's just been sitting around. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. waiting to put the other one away. And But now with Uber and Lyft, I mean, if it's going to be a snowy, terrible day and you Let got a somebody car. somebody else risk it. Yeah. Here's five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, yeah, here's $12. <laughs> Get me to work today and tomorrow. And I don't, my car never has to leave. Nothing to her. I can just start it up and watch it melt in the driveway and. Uh, Shut it down. Let it freeze back up. And- <laughs> yeah. Boy. Don't we have that more than once? Yeah, you know where you you got you got to be careful what you do. You if you get in, you got to get it around, wipe the seals down. All that's coming, all that's coming because we always get a fair amount of ice, and uh, you know you got to wipe down the seals with WD forty or some other ported penetrating fluid. Something that's not going to freeze. Something that's not going to freeze. Yes. Don't use hot water. No, if you're going to use hot, and I've used hot water more than a few times to get into the car. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, but you got to hurry. You got to hurry. You got to get in, get going, turn the heater on, and let it thaw out, and then put it in the garage after that because it will be frozen afterwards, <laughs> depending on how good the window seals are. And it, you know, never. I've never put it on glass. I always wondered if it was going to break the glass. I've never broken any glass, but oh, sure I bet s- it'll crack it. Pretty I bet good. you'll Yes, I will. I bet you it will. It's, you know, you see it's a been lot a of couple cars. cars that, you know, we get it in the winter because I mean we're in twenty cars a day mm-hmm. in the winter time easily. Mm-hmm. You get in, and the first thing we want to do is pull the car in, roll the window down, so we don't lock the keys in it, and the window seal goes down with the window. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh god. Or you go to through the snow wash. You know we. We call it a car wash, but when you got six inches of snow on your car and you don't want to scoop it off, I mean, you yeah. might as well go through the car wash and make it permanent. Yeah. <laughs> you pull out, solid as a rock. Solid as a rock. It, it ain't coming off because by the time you get home, it's already completely froze. So uh, just keep in mind. There was those, a video I saw of people cleaning their cars off in the snow and, you know, got the snow shovel on the paint and you're scooping it off the car. And yeah. I, 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 all these I, things you don't think about until... You know, then it's summertime and your car looks bad. I've you, seen it. Then you look bad. I've watched it. You don't it. even want to drive it. I've, I've watched somebody scoop their car off with a snow <laughs> shovel before. It's like, what are you doing? And uh, they scoop my car. Clearing the car. Okay. Never Whatever be too safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it. I know it. All right. Well, we're going to head over to Bob. Bob's got an oh no, 96 Honda Accord. Bob, what's going on? This uh, this car. Uh, this sti- this, this is, is your old buddy, Bob. Bob, hey, yeah, I figured this car's still going. It, it's it's hard to kill them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But it's been sitting in the driveway for about four years now, and uh, got a leak on the the brake lines to the back back wheels, uh-huh. and it's got a it's got a solid shroud. Covering up the lines from the front to the back. Yeah, everything everything I've seen has been like civics and that, and it's all open. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I could I could cut it, but uh, I just <laughs> get it loose. Do you know how that's attached? Are, are there clips or bolts or what for the the cage that it's on, or the because it's got a, a plastic cage in there that it, that it sits in. But it's, it's kind of open so that all the fluid and can get away from them. But it never works. Well, yeah. well, this this one here is it's it's all solid underneath. To the back, there's a couple of like vents, and that's where the brake fluid's running out in the back. But I know it's leaking, you know, yeah. someplace between. Generally, what I do, cell. if I was in your shoes, I would just run my brake line around it and secure it to the chassis wherever I can. Yeah, uh, the uh, the other possibility is to open up that piece yeah. and, and run well, it in, run it inside. But I, I agree. I just with, run my new line right around it. Yep, run your new line right around it. And uh, we usually what we do is we we've got just regular bulk fuel line that we out we unroll and flare in one end, flare in the other. So you got one solid line running from front to rear. And you're right, just secure it with with uh, some. Whatever kind of brake line retainers you can get, yeah. you can get well, Ace Hardware this, and get a bag of them for a dollar. Yeah, yeah, but uh, this is showing coming off a portioning valve with two separate lines, one to left and one to, to the right rear. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, it's all encased, you know. 
So I it encased in I what just, plastic? Pardon? It it's encased in. Are you talking about the proportioning yeah. valve, like on the firewall of the car? Uh, and I think he's talking no, about the one on the, in the back for the I'm rear brakes. It's almost like a fender fender well shroud, you know, underneath. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's covered, and I I think they you know undercoated it. It was the oh, least car when my son so got you're, it. So you're talking about the line actually has a coating on it. No, I can't, you can't see the line. Yeah. You know, it's all encased. Well, you know, wait, it's, a, it, it's solid there. The I, only two choices you have is to take all that out of there and then follow your line up in through that or go around it. Yeah. That's the only two choices uh, you have. Pardon? That's the only two choices you have, is okay. to is to oh. go back where they had all the stuff, which you know is going to rust out because that's where all the debris is. Um, or yeah, or that's probably trapped in there. Right, yeah. or fasten it to the outside of that and just make sure that line's not bouncing around at all. But uh, you you got a ballpark on? I know you move it up to your shop on 49th for the brakes and that. Uh, you have a ballpark on, you know, there, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of giving it to my son's buddy, you know, just for transportation, but uh, he's a little short between the years, and I'm afraid he'd run it through my son's garage. <laughs> well, it is not a project that you want to tackle yourself if you haven't done it. It's uh, you can open a can of worms real quick. Yeah, yeah, and we are boy, we we have become the experts in doing them brake lines just because all the it was ten years ago we hardly did any of them. Yeah, if you and, yeah boy, you don't we, dare open the door unless you got twenty five feet of brake yeah. line on so, the shelf. To answer your question, yeah, exactly. So we've over the years we have gotten really good at them, really good at them. So. Rough estimates, you're going to be about three to three, three to three and a half per line, depending on what it is. The uh, the lines and the fittings are fairly cheap. It's, it's all labor if you yeah. got if you got a custom right, it. and that's what you yeah, do is got I, to custom make it. Uh, you got to bend it. You got we got benders because you got to go in and around and up and through, and we can't have it touch anything. We can't have it be flopping in the breeze. We we have to we do it right. And uh, no, I. I I completely understand yeah. that, but, I but mean, that's and then multiple lines on certain cars that not just your car, but other vehicles that they make kits for, and they'll split them, and uh, you know those can run into anywhere from twelve to fifteen hundred bucks. But uh, yeah, but on your car, that's generally what it is, and it's usually the 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 line in the back there or the main one that runs from front to back, and yeah, we can take care of it. It's no problem at all. Yeah. Probably, probably, oh. we're probably doing one today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, call me when you're ready, Bob, and we'll uh, we'll either get it, if you can get it down there, great. If not, uh, we can come tow it in, and then we can uh, take care of it for you. It, uh, well, I, I as I say, it's going to be kind of a charity thing for my son's buddy, mm-hmm. and uh, so the other uh, my son-in-law's '99 Honda went to the shredder. You know the one with the uh, problems with the the idle on it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, back to that brake thing too. You when you replace brake lines, sometimes you'll get, a, especially in Hondas, you'll get a low brake pedal after you're done because the 
the size of brake line they use from the factory is different from what you use in the aftermarket. Um, and so you've also kind of got to adjust the brake pedal just a little bit too so that you have a decent pedal when you're done. So, uh, you know, I, I could just block off the back lines if I would, you know, keep the car around here. But uh, since yeah, well, we sell it. It's going to my my son's house. We sell a Mister Mechanic uh, pair of vice grips that come in a pair. That way, yeah. if you're going to block them off, you can uh, block off both sides. <laughs> you let us know. I think I, I think they're I, I think they're cheap. Fifty nine ninety five, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. If we got any in stock, they fly off the shelf. Oh, right they fly, yeah, they do fly off the shelf pretty quick. So That's on the shelf with the black tape, right? Yes. yes. Got it. Always, always got black tape in stock. <laughs> always. All right, Bob, give me a call when you're ready. We're going to take a quick break on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We'll be back in a minute. Hello, I'm Sarah McLaughlin's brother. Did you know that every 30 minutes, a mechanic goes without an oil change? Mechanics all over the world are starving to simply replace some intake manifold gaskets or replace ignition coils and engine coolant temperature sensors. In fact, one out of every 10 mechanics will go a full day without out replacing an exhaust gas recirculation valve. But now you can help. For just 75 cents a day, you can sponsor your own mechanic. Your donation will help complete a mechanic's life by giving him the basic needs of replacing mass airflow sensors and maybe even a catalytic converter. And in return for your contribution, we'll send you a picture of your mechanic replacing an oxygen sensor for the very first time. Forget about homeless puppies and starving children. The real need is to fulfill a mechanic's workday so that he doesn't get too bored just sitting around in a dirty garage. Thank you. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Fixing those cars one at a time, Kyle. One at a time. One at a time today. We're going to head over to Ashley. Ashley's got an 08 Jeep Wrangler. Ashley, what's going on? Okay. Well, I don't have any codes for you to even start with. It just happened this morning. Okay. I went out, started up, and came back in and got ready to leave for work. Went out and hopped in. The check engine light was on. It did seem like it had a little miss to it, and then I hopped on it. But as soon as I put it in gear and give it any gas, the check engine light starts flashing. It's got a misfire. Yep. Got a dead is that what it is? Yep. yep. Got a dead misfire on one of the cylinders. It, is it going to be more than one? I had a similar problem back a while back, and I had to change the computer hmm. for that exact reason. Well... Oh, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say. The potential is there, but for the most part, you usually don't have it multiples. Um, usually there's just one, whether it's, you know, it's a plug or a coil or injector. I think it's just a plug from, plug from being cold out this morning. And yeah, that or frosty. Electri- electricity likes to take the easiest path to ground. You got and a coil the, booth that's breaking down. Yeah, if you got a coil booth that's breaking down and it's got a little bit of frost in there, you bet it, it'll it'll take that straight to ground. You bet. Uh, you know, and, time for a tune-up. Well, yeah, you know, and I was just gonna say, 
Chrysler always like to put um, the cheapest resistor plugs in there out of the factory. Um, I I would go back with something better, something that lasts long. You don't have to change plugs every thirty thousand miles. Um, what, what, do you, what, well, what do you suggest? You need to isolate it down to uh, which cylinder it is. That way, you know when you get done. Instead of just you know replacing a coil plug and and everything just in that one particular cylinder at least you know what the problem is so maybe it needs a set of plugs maybe it needs a coil maybe it needs a plugs and boots and the coil is fine so yeah um but i would probably suggest plugs in a in a coil is probably where you're going to head with it aren't, aren't those coils aren't that just like two packs isn't that correct or mm, what engine do you got in there uh, it's a little V6. Yeah, V6. Nah, I think you're just going to be an individual coil on that. You're going to be an individual okay. coil. Yeah. Okay. It's I'll too, go home it's, and take her apart. Yeah, it's too new for any kind of wires, and uh, it's not a Hemi that's in there. And Those are doubles. But, yep. uh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Thank okay. God. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Appreciate the calls. All right, we're going to head over to Jeff. Jeff's got a uh, 98 S10 pickup. Jeff, uh, what's the problem today? Well, the problem is the truck's been parked for just over two years, and I wanted to start it up and just get it running a little bit just to keep everything fresh, and I have no brakes. Brake, brake lights on and pedal mashes to the ground. Okay. But You've lost hydraulic. It was running and drove perfect when it parked. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And... Um, I'm sure some sort of critter underneath there has, has crawled up there and chewed the brake lines, either the front or the rear, or it's possible that you got a steel brake line that rusted out. That's entirely possible because it is a, a you know a Chevy or Ford in, in that era kind of will do that pretty easily. Yeah. It's an older Chevy. I mean, if it hasn't had a master cylinder replaced and it's been sitting, those seals in there could fail. Sure. But you're losing pressure, so you've either got a leak. Well, you've got a leak. 100%, whether it's getting past okay. the seal or it's a broken hose or line. Yeah, so we know the, pe- the pedal goes to the floor, and if there's – did you say there was fluid in the master cylinder or not? Yeah, there was fluid in the master cylinder, and there's no oil on the on the garage floor. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Kyle, Kyle's probably right. It probably just bypassed internally. Uh, try pumping it a few times and see if you can get anything out of it. If, if the if – the, uh, if the reservoir is empty, fill it full of fluid and pump the pedal the best you can. Sometimes you got to take your hand and you got to push it down and back up versus your foot. And this could be a 20, right. 50 pump time. Yeah. It's not going to be one or two pumps. If it's empty, you can pump it like that and you can start looking around the truck and say, okay, it's leaking on the right rear. And now I know where my fluid loss is coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't have any fluid loss, you don't see anything dripping on the ground. I, I kind of agree with, with Kyle. You probably just got to. Rubber in the master cylinder just got bad, and, and sure. there you go. All right. So well, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll look for that and try that, and then uh, if there's no leaks, I'll look at the master cylinder. Yeah, lo- just a lot of visual inspection on this kind of thing. And, and as far as the gas, depending on, you know, take the uh, gas cap off and put your nose down to it and see what it smells like. Mm-hmm. Smells like you're making furniture, then uh, too much turpentine in there, then you're probably going to have to drop it and change it. Otherwise, if it's been a nice, tight, closed system, um, two years ain't, ain't two years ain't that big a deal. No. Twelve is, but okay. two isn't that big a deal. No, I know. That's why I wanted to get it started, just to you know get the oil through all the bearings and the wheel hubs and everything. So yeah, okay. Sure. Sounds good. I appreciate it. You bet. Appreciate the call. If you need more help, give us a call. 
Yeah, you know, you just never know what you're going to get when you, uh, whether the squirrels in the neighborhood start mm-hmm. chewing on stuff, whether it was just rusty before you put it away and now it's just sitting there and all the moisture that gets to it and, you know, in town here you get We so brought much. a lot of cars back that have been sitting for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the brakes are always the first system to go to the floor. Oh, yeah, you know, it, tires flat, brakes tires out. Tires flat. Brakes are gone. Fluids, you know, and, you know, while he's at it there, too, obviously, if he's going to change the master cylinder, you're better to go through and he's going to have to bleed it. Yeah. And it just turns into a potential big mess because it's, you got to, you got to crack all your bleeders and we got an all day event on our hands. Yes. So if you got a, if you're uh, got an old car like that and if you can crack the bleeders and, and now and the bleeders on the, on the wheel cylinders and the, the uh, calipers. Then you know you got good system that you can bleed everything through. If you don't, then you got to start replacing the master caliper two, you know, mm-hmm. wheel cylinder or two because there's just you got to get the air out. And if you don't, you just have to replace a bunch of stuff. I don't ever get that lucky if I'm working on something at home that's been sitting forever. Those no. things never open; they just break off. They just break off. They just break off. And sometimes you have to get a little bit of torch out there, heat them up. But you know, there's all sorts of tricks of the trade you can get to to get him to try to come loose but heat's the the biggest one heat and a tiny little hammer to, to tap on it mm-hmm. i've even seen some people heating them up and and now pushing crayons right into the heat so that it it sucks that wax into the threads and pops out i haven't tried that yet i haven't either i want to try it i'll have to dig out my crayons <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's going to be the hardest part is where do I get some crayons at? Yeah. Well, you got to try. I mean, we got to try it. I, I don't see why not. I'm going to put that on the Mr. Mechanic. We need to try it list. Get that to the break shop. Find out. All right. I'll order some crayons when I get back. All right. Call the parts store. All right. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We'll be back in a minute. All the best to you and yours for this beautiful American holiday and the weekend. We'll be back at it with all the news. KFAB's Morning News Monday. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 the numbers to get in. We are Buchanan Service Centers. 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, and guaranteed brakes. 49th Avenue and Dodge. Stop in, see us. You drive past us all the time. See if we can help you out. All right, we're going to head on to uh, Rick. Rick's got a 98 Ranger. Rick, Rick, what's going on today? These old Rangers, well, just, they just keep running, don't they? Yeah, I don't drive it so much. 86,000 miles. Wow. Uh, it's, um, I, I, so I don't put the four-wheel drive hardly ever in. Mm-hmm. But I did pull a stump out of the, the yard this week. Put it in four low. Seemed to have trouble going in. And then after I got the stump out, really hard to get it back out again <laughs> of four-wheel drive. And mm-hmm. it even kind of seemed like it was kind of binding for a bit. Mm-hmm. Probably was. So is that a motor problem on that, that switch or what? How often do you use four low? Uh, hardly. Maybe... Once every couple of years. Okay. <laughs> Second time. Nothing close, wants to move. Second time close to never, maybe. Uh, yep. Yeah, they, they had that electrical, what looked like an electrical window motor that was on the back of the transfer case there. And uh, 
it just sits out there in all the all its glory of salt, rain, and and mud, and it just it gets sticky. You know, especially in the older ones. The newer ones seems like they work a little bit better. The design was better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would probably tell you to exercise it more. That and the moving parts in that transfer case. You're moving a gear along a shaft yep. where it hasn't been. Yeah. Well, guess what? Where it hasn't been probably has some sludge or something along that line on the shaft. So everything in there has got to move. Okay. And How does those front axles actually engage when there's no lockout hubs or anything? Hmm. On the Ranger. Oh, it's been a while since I, they only really do it one or two ways. One is that you engage the, uh, the trans, you know, nothing spins up front and including anything in the transfer case, it just goes straight through to the rear wheels. Or you engage it there, and then all of a sudden power goes to the front, uh, the front differential, and off you go. Or most of the time, you'll have vacuum actuators that are up there on that age of vehicle. Um, newer ones will have vacuum hubs that, that pull in, like on the F-150s. Um, Chevrolet has an actuator up there that when the transfer case goes into gear, it actually... Um, pulls a sleeve across the axles, locks it up. Yep, pretty much. So there's, you know, and then it it just, some are running all the time, and some of them just like dormant there and don't move at all until such time as you engage it. Cannot remember. Okay. Them. I can't remember a Ranger. can't remember a Ranger right on the minute. I know the, the S10 pickups have a, a diaphragm that goes bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember ever replacing much of anything on the front end of a of a Ranger to solve any four-wheel drive issues, it was always having to do with that motor in the back. Okay. Yeah. Well, we we crawl underneath exercise. there more than a few times and tap on them with a hammer, and all of a sudden, re 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 starts working again. You know where it never yeah. did before. Okay. That, that particular okay. motor is out in the elements, and it yeah. just hangs there. Go buy a hammer. Okay, I will. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to head over to Jim. Jim's got a 94 uh, Chevy pickup. Jim, what's going on today? Hey, guys. I really appreciate your show. You, I don't know if you guys know how valuable it is. What? But I've, I've got a 94 Chevy pickup, 5-liter V8. It's throttle body injection. Died on me one day on the street. No spark, no gas. Uh, put an ignition control module in it under the distributor mm-hmm. or under the cap. And uh, ran okay, except uh, you... you you go to a stop and it's under load, still in drive. You go to a stop and it died. But if you roll up to a stop and put it in neutral, it wouldn't die. Okay, so it only died at idle under load, but once in a while, intermittently. So then I, <clears throat> one day it just died again in the driveway, no spark. Took out the ignition control module, took it to AutoZone because they said they could test it. Dug up the old machine and oh wow, it took them a while to figure it out, but they said <laughs> it's good. Put it back in, and then it ran. Uh, put a P- PV- uh, PCV valve in it, and, and it quit. And it, one day, tried it, you know, and it, it wouldn't die in idle anymore, so I thought, well, maybe that was a PCV. So now, go out and start it, it's dead again. No spark, no gas. Like the control module's dead again. Right. You guys got any idea on that, what it might be? Uh, yep. I'd put a distributor in it. I'd put a whole new distributor in it. Yeah, that one had that magnetic pickup that would crack too, yep. didn't it? Yep, had a magnetic. Uh, I've I've owned several of these trucks, and uh, they 
the modules and the shaft well, the the modu- and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's almost cheaper to hang a whole new distributor in it. You're, you're going to have to. Yeah, you to, can get them for less than a hundred bucks. Yeah, and so the biggest problem here is that the shaft that goes down there and the the pickup coil will can have a crack in that in that magnet that's inside there, mm-hmm. and when it it sparks, it sparks internally, it heads straight for the electronic item, and when it does that, it, it just snaps and kills it. Um, because you that's that's what that pickup coil. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and the pickup coil may be your whole problem. It's just that, um, and the module may be okay, but you're going to disassemble the entire distributor apart in order to get that in there. So it's almost cheaper now. These trucks have gotten to a certain age just to hang in a new distributor and, and call it a day. Yeah, we, we had the same kind of one that came in to me. Um, they had been to a different shop for a while, and it, that's what we finally did, and, and he'd been battling it for a long time. And uh, once we put that in, that solved the problem, and he hadn't had an issue since then. You're, Can you tell me? Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Can you tell me a good place to get one? Uh, you know, any parts supplier will have it. Any parts supplier will have it, and most of the time now, with, with so many rebuilt items kind of going by the wayside, you pretty much get a new one. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can get a new one probably for 100 and. Twenty five hundred fifty bucks. That'd be my guess, right in that range. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, just pull okay. the distributor up and and find, get that distributor rotor pointed in 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 a certain direction and mark it so you know where it's it. Right. You know, it's going to come out. Uh, right. It's going to come out you in the timing. You want it back where it went. Yeah, yeah. You want it back where it goes, obviously. So it, you'll notice that it probably comes back out. I think counterclockwise. It's going to go back in clockwise and. Don't worry that that if it doesn't seat properly, uh, because as soon as if it doesn't seat properly and go right back down in, all you have to do is have somebody tap it over while you wiggle it in there, and it'll pop right into place. Um, but yes, and then I've battled got a worm all. gear. Yeah, just one gear. gear or something. Just yeah, just a worm gear. It's down inside there. But most of the time, if, right. you, if you pull it out and it, it'll go right back into where it should be. It's for, and does, maybe your idle problem solves itself after that. You know, if it does, does it come? Does it come with the ignition control module and the pickup on it? Yep. Everything, everything. Drop lot, in and go. A lot of times, it comes with cap and rotor. Wow, I just put that in. Okay, yeah, sounds great. You're, you're just thank you very you're, much. You're just taking you know thirty year old parts and you're getting rid of all of them in one shot, so that you go back and it, it solves not only your problem but your future problems. Well, I do that, but the truck weighs too much. Yeah, <laughs> it's too much rust. Well, I agree. Yeah, it's, you know, it's 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 an old truck, but it's probably it does what you wanted to do. Yep, gets me to the dump. Yep. All right, there you go. Guys. Appreciate it, Jim. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to take a quick break on Mister Mechanic. We'll be back in a minute. All right, we are back in the Mister Mechanic show. Five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in, but we're running out of show, so uh, we're going to head straight over to. Uh, a 2012 Chevy Traverse. What's going on today? Okay, a PO 496 hmm. on the Chevy Traverse. What's it say? I don't. I don't know all those in my head. I can't keep track of all. Of oh, this one here. Let's see if I can read What's my picture. The definition. Evaporative emission system, high purge flow. Oh my gosh. I'd say take that engine cover off and look right at the purge cylinder. I was going to tell him to sell it. 
Oh man. Just gonna sell it. We're just gonna sell it right now. Put it on put yeah, put it up and get it sold today. <laughs> not bad. No, it's not that bad. No, this will be an easy one. This is an easy one to fix. This is this is a uh, canister purge valve. Right next to your throttle body. Yep. It's black. Right there in the front. Yep. Yeah, it'll have one it's... vacuum line coming off of it. It should screw to the intake, have a two-wire connector. Yep. It's black. It's like everything else underneath the hood there. It should be easy to find. Yeah. That's it every time, is it? <laughs> every time. Every time. Do you want to test yeah. it? you want to test it? What's that? If you want to test it. Sure. Let's pull that line off of there. Why the engine's running? Sure. Well, the engine's running at idle. There should be no vacuum there. If you got vacuum there, you got a problem. Perfect. They will not run a purge at vacuum. Yeah. Or at idle. So, All right. So what's going on here? The backstory is is that 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 purge valve is so when you fill your tank full of gas, um, instead of the fumes coming out into the atmosphere, it goes over into a charcoal canister and stays there and until such time as this purge valve. Vent. Yeah, it should vent, but it it should vent, and then it should get drawn all the way up to the engine. So when you're driving down the road, this valve opens, and it reburns all those hydrocarbons. And so it's kind of a closed-captured system. Well, now it's open and idle, and it doesn't want to have it open and idle, and that it'll cause a car to stall and die and even have a problem when you're filling fuel. It, it might be a situation you're filling your tank, and this valve is open, and it'll flood the engine out, and you can't get it started after you uh, have filled your tank full. So, Got it. So it shouldn't have any vacuum there when you pull that off? Not no, at idle. Not at idle. Perfect. Easy okay. test. Thanks. You'll get it fixed. Yep. All right. Well, that was easy. Jeez. I was hoping we'd get a tough one here. We yeah. To go. That was easy. That, that, and that's kind of. No overtime today. <laughs> Lunchtime, all, here we come. All cars have those at some capacity or another. General Motors is really good at for them to go bad. Oh, and they've been using them since the 80s and yeah. the 70s, probably, when they first came out with that yeah. old charcoal yeah. canister it just doesn't, thing. You just don't have a lot of other cars that, that they all use it. They just don't have problems with it like We Chevrolet, saw an like old G20 van one time years ago, I remember, when I was out at your shop, and the, that solenoid stuck open while it flattened the whole gas tank. Oh, yeah. And the guy was saying, oh, can't get the gas to go in. You know, he's only got five gallons in. We climb under there, and the thing's a pancake. Yeah, it completely <laughs> collapsed it. I remember that. Yeah, we had to get him a new Still gas. Still running. Can, can't we pound that out? <laughs> can't pound it out from the inside. But, uh, yeah, we got him a new gas tank. I do remember that. Yeah, that was a fun one. I had never seen that before. And I like, Suck it all. jack it up by this thing or what? <laughs> <laughs> so, Kyle, which one is the uh, – which car's – are the longest-lasting brands out there. Ford Falcon. Ford Falcon is way down the list. I mean, almost to the bottom. Yeah. I don't even think it's on the page. <clears throat> I got one. <laughs> Toyota. Toyota is one of the longest-lasting brands, along with Honda. I'll believe this, that. This is, this is coming through, uh, you know, uh, off the Internet, and, and I believe some of these. Longest-lasting Kia is up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lexus is in there. Lexus is a Toyota. Oh, so. yeah, it's a Toyota. That's the only way it gets to come to the party. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Nissan's down the list. Then Subaru, you know, Chevy, Ford, Audi, BMW, and uh, Chevrolet behind that. I was working so, on a Subaru today. What were you doing to it? Taking it all apart. <laughs> I 
just disassemble <laughs> the motors time to time. Oh, and just check for ring clearance and bearing. Uh, yeah, you got to know what's going on in there. No stone left unturned. Muffler bearing's bad? No, they seem to be all right. Seem to be okay on this Yeah, car. I did a static test on those. Well, <laughs> yeah, you just got to spin them. If they're okay, they're, they're fine. Yep. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, you're right. The Toyota and, and Lexus, they're the same, and, and the Honda is, everybody knows what a Honda is. So Yeah, it, it there just, was a recall I just saw on a 1985 Corolla. Really? Yeah. You, you should have got a new car by now. Most cars, believe it or not, you age out. The parts just kind of age out, and dealers stop carrying them anywhere right around the 10, 10-year mm-hmm. mark. Maybe less if it's a very unpopular car, and maybe a little more if it's a popular car. But Toyota has been and Honda have been very good. The fact that their cars run such a long time, I called for a Toyota Celica part not too awful long ago, and I said, yeah, I'll just try the dealership and uh, to see because this is like a 30-year-old car. They had it in stock. Could have it to me tomorrow. Sure. And it was an obscure part. Nothing that, some the, of this stuff, nothing that the parts stores had. You know, because you said the 10-year statute, hey, after this, we're getting mm-hmm. rid of it all. You know, and it used to be you could get that through an aftermarket or a restoration supplier. Mm-hmm. These newer newer cars, that stuff's unavailable. Yeah. And there was a Volkswagen I did a valve cover gasket on. No availability. Part number discontinued. Nothing available in the aftermarket. Part number's discontinued. And, I mean, we're talking a 99. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and we end up getting a used one from somebody's swap meet bin. Had a dollar fifty sticker on it, and it worked. But it you got to get what you got to get to fix it. And that came from eBay. Some of that stuff is uh, so many cars anymore are throwaways, and you just got to be careful what you're getting and what you're throwing away. So yeah, this guy's not going to be restoring this Volkswagen in twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, that's another fast hour, Kyle. We are Buchanan Service Centers at 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge. Guaranteed breaks. Stop in and see us. Stop in and say hi. Pop candy, cigarettes. We're there. Just stop in and hang out. Got people just come down and mill around, ask yeah. questions. So Great place to hang out. Yeah. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in next week. Get in early so we can answer your questions. I'm Bob. Kyle. See you next week. Attention high V shoppers. Are you interested in staying healthy this flu season? Get your flu shot at your high V pharmacy and get 20 cents off every gallon of gas. Most insurances, including Medicare, offer this benefit at no cost to you. Keep your family healthy and smiling this flu season. Talk to your high V pharmacy about flu shots today.